Real quick before this episode begins, I feel the need to make a disclaimer or at least an edit to a rambling thought that I had while recording this. So without kind of spoiling anything, there is a point in this episode where I talk about how I'm deep cleaning my apartment and I say like, oh, you know, the type of deep cleaning that you only do every couple of months or like once a season, you know, like fall, spring, summer, stuff like that. Um, And then I start listing things like vacuuming. I promise I vacuum my apartment once a week because of my cats, but I don't know. I was thinking about this, probably overthinking it in my head tonight after recording, and I was like, gosh, people are going to think that I literally don't vacuum or like what I just feel like I wasn't clear with what I meant. So um, what I mean by deep cleaning is like I literally dusted every single surface and deep cleaned, but I also vacuumed as normal. Okay. Sorry for that disclaimer. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Just felt the need to hop on and add that so I don't worry about it all night. Anyway, enjoy this episode. I think it's really fun. I hope that you like it. Yeah, thanks. Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I have so much to talk about today. I don't even know what I'm going to title this. There's just been so much going on specifically with like OnlyFans and my personal life. And then I also went to Instagram this week to ask you some never have I ever like personal questions for me. So it's going to be a pretty full episode. So get pumped, get ready. I don't even know where to begin. Well, how is everyone? How'd your week go? I hope everyone's doing well. I had a pretty decent week, kind of like a lot better than the previous weeks, so that's good. Um, I spent like all day today cleaning my apartment, like deep cleaning, the type of cleaning that I only do maybe like every few months where it's just intense. So I unfortunately, because of that, have really bad allergies today. If I sound a little stuffy during this recording, it's because I've been sneezing for the last like six hours. I'm super sensitive to like dust and animal hair and fur and stuff like that. And I have cats and live in a small apartment. So I was like vacuuming and washing floors, dusting all the surfaces. And that just brought a lot of the settling dust in the air to the surface. So I probably sound a little more nasally than usual. I don't know if I do. That is why. But it is about 8.30 p.m. Wednesday night. And I really have started to like look forward to this podcast recording time slot that I've kind of created for myself. I found that when I leave the podcast episode recording to the night before episodes go live, it's so much more in the moment and up to date with what's been going on. I I personally kind of prefer that when I listen to podcasts, so I hope that you guys enjoy that as well. If you're a newer listener, welcome. I know that we do have a handful of you here, so thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I originally kind of like chatted a lot about my dating stories on this in what I would kind of refer to as like season one, I guess, of this podcast. At this point, I'm trying to embed more of my like 
like updated life, like things that are going on, but then whatever else is going on as well to be vague. But, um, this week I really wanted to carve out a good chunk of time on the podcast to chat about OnlyFans. And I don't know how many of my listeners on my podcast, like watch my YouTube videos or are fans of my OnlyFans content because my audience on platforms, it, it kind of splits between people that specifically follow me for OnlyFans content, tips, advice, experience stuff, and then people that follow me from like vlogs or my bedroom makeover video because that is the one that got like a lot of views this summer. And so I feel like half of my um, audience is more like not interested in OnlyFans and then the rest of it is like only interested in OnlyFans. So it's kind of been um, a... It's kind of been not a struggle, but a balancing act to uh, figure out like how to balance my content between OnlyFans and other content as well. I feel like I feel like I've got a a pretty good grasp on it. I try to do OnlyFans content like in between every like three or four uploads just to space it out. But I don't know if people like want more OnlyFans content or less of it because my audience it it varies so much. But that being said, like, I'm not really sure how many people want to hear about this, but there's just been so much going on in the OnlyFans community this last week. I, it's, it would be impossible for me not to talk about it on the podcast. Um, I know that I went live on YouTube last weekend to just chat with people about it, see if anyone had any questions and kind of share more of my thoughts on the issue. But now that some days have gone by and I've been able to really process what has happened and a lot of the, at the time, like rumors of what would change has already occurred on the platform. So I figured this would be a good time to kind of just update some people on what's going on. So if you don't really follow me on my OnlyFans journey, I'm sure that alone just like explains it enough, but I've been on the OnlyFans website for about eight months at this point. I started at the last, like the last two weeks or so of January 2020, and it's now August. So yeah, about eight months and it has been life-changing. I at like at that point in my life was just hoping to pay rent and I was really struggling uh, financially. When I started and now I, like, you know, eight months later, have paid off all of my student loans and have become the most, like, financially stable that I've ever been in my 25 years of living, which feels surreal to even say, but I have learned a lot. I've gone through a lot. I feel like I've kind of mastered what works best for me on that platform. Um, I get a lot of questions about, like, what do you post and how do you make, like, make money on it? And it is kind of vague because obviously it is like a paid subscription page for what I post, but I don't do full nudity. Um, And I think that is a really big misconception that if you have an OnlyFans account, you automatically are doing X-rated porn type of content. And there's no shame if you do. Like, honestly, you do you. Like, I have no judgmental feelings towards anyone that does any sort of sex work like it is empowering to say the least if you are doing that and it's something to kind of like be proud of and not shame other people for doing just because it's not something that you're I don't know I don't want to get completely into that but I'm completely okay with anyone that's doing whatever on OnlyFans I just know personally 
I offer a lot, but I there are limits for what I'm posting on there. Um, and it's still possible to be successful. That's like my biggest, um, most asked question is like, how is it possible to be successful without posting nudes? And it is possible. I am proof of that. So that being said, I'm sure a lot of people have kind of seen this because it's made mainstream media news. Um, Bella Thorne created OnlyFans maybe like two weeks ago at this point. She really hyped it up, so I'm not sure exactly when she started and when she was just promoting it, but she hopped on the OnlyFans train, and within a weekend, I believe she made $2 million by offering nudes in the DMs for $200 for people to buy, and then after people purchased the $200 nudes, discovered that it was false advertisement, it was a scam, it actually was not a nude at all, and a lot of people asked for their money back because it wasn't what they paid for. So then OnlyFans was dealing with a ton of refunds, a ton of really upset customers, and Bella Thorne was under a lot in the media world because of her actions. Um, So OnlyFans had to ask OnlyFans had to act fast because she does have a platform and it was just creating um, really bad publicity all around. So OnlyFans, because of Bella Thorne's actions, they changed a lot of regulations on their website and now the limit to how much you can sell a photo or an attachment for, I guess I should say, because it can be a photo or a video is only $50, and in the past, maximum was $200. Um, I also heard that now you can't make withdrawals out of your account as often. This hasn't affected me. I heard that this kind of depends on where you live. If, I don't know if this is country or state or what, but that has changed, and then now people can't tip you more than a certain amount as well, so there are just maximum amounts placed on things that used to not be there, I guess. I, it's upsetting because I personally have been selling photo packages for $200 in the DMs and that was a way for me to make money. It was an answer to those that asked, how did you make so much money on OnlyFans? Well, I was selling some private content for $200 and unlike Bella Thorne, I wasn't falsely advertising it. It was exactly what people asked for and it helped me a lot. And was about my minimum for a private photo. So now that it's the maximum that you can sell something for, this is really changing my account. Like, I don't want to be offering some of these private photos to anyone. And that's why they were so expensive before, just so I had a better grip on who had them. Um, A lot of people on OnlyFans are upset at Bella Thorne, too, because her actions have directly affected us, quote-unquote, little people down here that use that platform as a living, as our income, as, like, something to pay our rent or mortgage bills, feed our family with, and Bella Thorne is a celebrity who didn't do it for money, did it for an experiment, for fun, for her documentary, whatever you want to call it. She didn't need the money. She did it for fun which by itself is completely fine. You know, if a celebrity, if anybody wants to hop on and just like try it, go for it. Why not? It's the fact that she did it for fun and then her actions caused consequences for everyone that is making everybody furious because her actions, like we're all being punished for her actions basically. And 
just like myself, there are people that were selling things for a lot of money on OnlyFans that now are dealing with these new restrictions and it's changing the way that we are providing content. It's preventing us from making as much money as we were a week ago even. And that can be really scary, especially just being at this point in the year 2020. We've dealt with so much uncertainty, so much loss, so much change with income and the world around us that for a lot of people, you know, OnlyFans came at just the perfect time when we really needed that money. And now with what Bella Thorne did, we're kind of facing the same insecurity and worry that occurred months ago when the pandemic really started. And it can be stressful and it can be scary. So I totally understand and I'm here for everyone that are in my DMs or comments on my YouTube videos just asking questions and wondering whether or not OnlyFans is still a stable platform to be on if they should move to another platform that offers similar services. And to be honest, I really don't know like the the fate of OnlyFans at this point or how secure it really is. And that's something I've always kind of struggled with is like money specifically has never felt very secure or stable for me. Like growing up, money was always an inconsistency and I always was worried when I had it that someday I wouldn't. It's made me quite the saver because of that. But even when I am stable, like I am right now with my finances and I don't need to worry, I still spend my money as if I'm a broke college kid still. You know, like I'm still really, really careful because I'm I'm worried it won't be there someday. And I I feel that way about OnlyFans and I've kind of always kept that attitude with it because OnlyFans is just like any other social media platform, you know, like YouTube or Instagram or Vine or TikTok. And the reason I say Vine and TikTok is because those two platforms were booming. They were doing so well and then Vine was deleted and now TikTok is hanging by a thread. So you really, you shouldn't keep all of your eggs in one basket. And with OnlyFans, it's hard not to do that, especially if you are making so much money on it. And I kind of always have to keep that in the back of my mind that I could wake up someday and that platform could just be gone. It could be completely different. And we are starting to see little bits of this happening after the Bella Thorne OnlyFans drama um, that has happened. So yes, it's scary. And yes, like, OnlyFans is changing. Do I think that it's over? Do I think that you shouldn't make an account or, you know, go to another platform? Not necessarily. Like, maybe spread your eggs out in a couple baskets and start Frisk or Adormy or, like, whatever other platforms there are out there. But I don't think OnlyFans is done for, you know? Things are just changing. And we will have to find new ways to make the same amount of money or continue earning revenue that may not be as easy as it was before. This is just an obstacle in the way of something that didn't used to be there. It's just a speed bump. That's all it really is. So I've already started to adjust my content and what I offer on OnlyFans around these new rules. Yes, it does suck. And yes, it might make your average income um, shift a little bit, but I'm really starting to take advantage of the option in the DMs where you can like message all of your fans at once. So now instead of like offering something in the DMs to those that ask, I'm just going to send it to everyone and I'm doing it at a lower price, but it's because I'm sending a max message to hundreds, like 
250 people in hopes that the majority of them will open and purchase it to hopefully make the same, if not more, than I was before. So that personally is just something that I am dabbling with in hopes of working around these new regulations that OnlyFans has put into place. Obviously, it's still really scary and I don't know like what else is going to happen, but hey, like we have today, we had yesterday and hopefully tomorrow. So for the time being, you know, do what you can, control what is what's in your control, really. Like think about that. And if there's something out of your control, then it, you can't do anything about that. And it's stressful and can cause worry and anxiety, but it's always best just to focus on what you can control, and that's kind of what I'm doing with my platform right now. But I did just kind of want to talk about that because it has caused such controversy within the OnlyFans community, and I've gotten a ton of DMs just asking questions or if I've heard about it, and I just wanted to share some thoughts about it on this um, platform as well because I don't know how many people that are on OnlyFans or watch my OnlyFans content, listen to my podcast, but if you do or if you were curious because I'm sure that you've seen bits and pieces of it throughout my my Instagram and YouTube these last few weeks, that's kind of a, like the gist on what's been going on and that's why a lot of people are upset at Bella Thorne. Am I upset at her? Yes, but I don't think... I'm not out there hating on her or calling her anything online like... I'm kind of in a privileged position where as much as this affects me, it's not a dire form of income for me. And so I really do feel for those people that like live off of this and really need it. I I need it, but because I, like I said earlier, I'm always so afraid that like my money will just someday not be there or like the inconsistency with money has caused me to be such a saver that savings is really um, supporting me right now, and I have 13 other streams of revenue. Um, if you watched my video on YouTube talking about my 14 streams of revenue, then you know, but yeah, it's scary, and it sucks, and it's annoying and stressful, and it's just kind of like, why? Like, she didn't have to do that, you know? She just went on and did it and ruined it for everybody else, so it does suck. It literally is the grown-up example of, like, the kid in school that causes the whole class to miss recess or lose time at recess or whatever. Like, it's just, oh, it is so frustrating. So, that was a really big bummer this week, and I just feel for everyone that this has affected because it's not fair and this shouldn't have happened, but it did. So, yeah, that's my two cents on the Bella Thorne OnlyFans scandal, but moving on. Let's see. What else happened this week for me personally? Oh, you know, I had my second session, my second therapy session. I'm so glad that I reached out and started therapy again, and I'm so glad I've been documenting it on this podcast because I had so much going on personally these last two weeks. I'm doing every other week for a session right now. Um, I don't feel like it's as, like, I don't feel like it's essential for me to see my therapist every single week. I feel pretty stable, so I can make it every two weeks and then I need help. But I am so glad that I reached out to her when I did because, oh, the crap that happened these last two weeks, I don't even know how much of it I can really get into because as much as I share 
as much of my life that I share online, which is a lot, there's still some that I have to keep private that I've never talked about. But, oh my gosh, just like my anxiety for so many different reasons have been, it's been so high. Um, I, and I don't know how to explain this, but like when you're struggling mentally, you start noticing it physically. I've had such bad chest pain for the last week that I was concerned I was going to have a heart attack or a stroke, but knew that it was my anxiety causing that physical pain in my chest. Um, loss of appetite, loss of weight, just like losing sleep. There's There are so many physical signs caused by struggles, mental health struggles. Um, so I'm really glad that I reached out when I did because due to so many things that happened these last two weeks, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have this therapy appointment, like, as the light at the end of the tunnel waiting for me. I don't know what I would have done because, well, okay, the first thing that happened that I think, I think I already mentioned this last week is I got my results back from a skin biopsy And they came back abnormal, which is kind of scary. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but obviously when you get like a mole removed, you'd want it to come back okay. And mine came back atypical, abnormal. Um, The skin isn't how it's supposed to be. And they don't know anything beyond that until I come back in and they take a bigger um, skin graft or like a skin incision to test. I have been really anxious about this because with COVID, it's taking a long time to get back in. And so I've just been sitting for two weeks, not knowing what's wrong, but knowing something is wrong, but then also fearing that because it's been so long that it's spreading. And what if I need to get it removed sooner rather than later? Um, But when you're listening, if you're listening to like the day that this episode comes out, I have my... um, It's not a biopsy. They referred to it as a surgery, but that seems really intense to say. But I have my surgery on that area um, tomorrow morning, Friday morning at 8 a.m. Like, rise and shine, literally. That was the only time they could get me in, so I kind of just had to. And I'm not a morning person at all. So, But hey, we're going to eat the frog. I think that's the phrase. I learned it from Orange is the New Black, where they you do the the worst thing that you have to do that day in the morning to get it over with. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going in Friday morning um, and I'm really nervous because I've never had this procedure done before. I've gotten moles removed and that itself is like a little scary, but at least I know what to expect. And this time there, I assume it's going to be the same thing. They just numb me with some anesthesia and then they scrape away, but I know it's going to be deeper and a bigger um, a bigger area. I also know that it's going to require stitches because they told me that they are hopefully going to use stitches that dissolve so I don't have to come back and get them removed just with scheduling. It's hard to come back in right now with COVID. So I've only had stitches once before. I had two stitches on my head um, and because I had such a big open cut on my head already, like I hit my head really hard and I cut it and I was bleeding, I wasn't in pain. I, it was like numb. It's weird when you're like gushing blood and you don't feel anything because I hit my head so hard. I think it was just like numb. 
So those stitches, I also couldn't see them when I got them done. Um, it was fine. Like I wasn't in pain. I'm worried because I'm going in. Obviously they'll numb me, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be a new like, scary experience, but I know I have to do it. I know that I just have to take control and take care of myself, take control of my health and my body and hopefully prevent something further damaging by doing this. And hopefully it's still, um, like savable. Like we have time. I don't know. I will obviously keep you guys updated on this and you're actually getting like the the first scoop I guess on this because I am also vlogging the experience and that won't be out for a couple of weeks um but that's a big reason why I've been so anxious I've also been really anxious in terms of like my work and what I do just I think that would be redundant of me to get into at this point but it is very stressful I love it but the stress right now is super high and that was a big reason why I started therapy um I also kind of dealt with some personal things this last week that just rocked my world a little bit, and I am okay now, but it was really hard for a while, and I didn't really know what to do about a couple of things, so that played into a lot of, like, my mental health, and, like, literally last night on my FaceTime call with my therapist... It was like, oh, let me tell you, and dropping bomb after bomb after bomb of, like, what has been going on, and just being like, wow, a lot's been going on. So, I feel pretty good now. I feel like it's just, it's been a week, but we're here. So, I'm sorry that was so vague, but I just, I want to share it with you guys so bad. It's just something that literally only three people in my life know, my therapist, my mom and somebody else. So I just, oh, just trust me when I say that stuff has been going on. Anyway, um, let's take a quick breather, a quick break, and then let's hop into some of these never have I ever questions that you guys asked me on Instagram. So we'll be right back. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise, so definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone, so there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an after dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimal or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com store slash Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. 
This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you. And if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash Michaela Simuntry and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. And we're back. I just opened up my Instagram to look at the questions that you guys sent in. It's kind of like weird because not weird, but half of you asked questions as if it was like a Q&A and then half of you asked never have I ever prompts like the way that I asked you guys to ask me never have I ever questions, I guess. So it's going to be like a Q&A, but also never have I ever. And I don't have any alcohol near me right now as we're recording. So we can just pretend that I'm drinking, but I'll just say whether or not I have or have not. Um... All right. Never have I ever, I mean, let's just dive right in here. Never have I ever been scammed out of money online from a quote unquote fan or a sugar daddy type. I have not been scammed by like a fan or a sugar daddy because honestly, I never respond to those sugar daddy Instagram DMs. They're literally all scams. Don't trust them. A lot of them from what I've heard from friends or people that I follow online will try to set you up with like a visa card but then ask for your information to like set it up for you and that's how they scam you or they tell you you have to pay them something first yeah it's all a scam don't do it i have been like tricked i don't want to say scammed but like paid insufficiently paid for certain jobs before when i was a lot younger and not as um, aggressive or not even aggressive, just able to advocate for myself better. I, uh, this is like a side story, but like three summers ago, someone emailed me asking to help, um, teach their kids how to make a YouTube channel that summer for like a summer homeschooling project thing. And he said he would pay me $500 to do it, which is what I needed to go to VidCon. So it was like, I really needed that amount of money. And we had emails and he said yes. And I went and then at the end of the summer, he gave me a check for like 150 because that's what he told me I deserved or like that's how much he justified like the work that I put in. He said it was worth that amount and I tried really hard to stand firm, but he had that check written and he was not budging and he was, you know, an old middle-aged man and I was like probably 20 years old or something. So it hurt because I put in time, work, and effort, and I didn't get paid the amount. And then also I was freaking out because I had to go to VidCon and I didn't have the money to go um, to pay back my friend that like bought the hotel room and all of that. So that was really stressful and I felt scammed. I also feel like I could have like gone to court for it and that's what people said I could do too because we had those emails confirming that we agreed on a price and then he didn't pay me that price. But I didn't know if you had to reach like a certain minimum amount of money needed or what, but I don't know. I was just too afraid to seek legal help with that. So I have been scammed, but not by like a fan or a sugar daddy. Never have I ever went to a frat party. Duh. I <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say duh, but I have. Um, freshman year of college, what a time. I will say it's not what I expected it to be. And then I left. And I never went back. 
it was just gross. And I'm not trying to be judgmental because I think it does vary from college to college, but from my experience, it wasn't for me. Um, never have I ever been the other girl. I haven't. I don't think I could do that, especially if I knew there, like, if I knew there was another girl, there's no way. Just, like, girl code can't do it. Um, I don't think there's been any, okay, well, not like I knew there were other girls, but I'm saying, like, I don't know if there's been any guys that I've seen who, like, kept it a secret from me, like, where I didn't know if there was another girl, and I was the other girl by default, but didn't know, so I really don't know, but I don't think I have. Um, never have I ever snuck out of the house. I don't know if it counts as sneaking out of the house when I know that my parents literally would not care. I don't know if anyone has heard that TikTok audio sound where it's like, did anybody else's parents just like go from being really, really strict to someday not caring at all? Because that's exactly what I feel like happened with me. I'm, I'm the firstborn, so my parents were the strictest on me. But then one day I just feel like they weren't at all and I was fine. So there were nights where I definitely left after my parents were asleep but I like told them the next day or they literally did not care or they just never found out. So I guess I have, but not to the extent that it kind of like makes it sound like I have. Uh, never have I ever smoked weed. In legal areas, I can legally say I have. Just going to leave it at that. Um, never have I ever had a threesome. I actually got this question a lot. I don't know why. Maybe because it's like a classic never have I ever question. But the reason I say I don't know why is because I've actually answered this a ton on previous podcast episodes, previous YouTube videos, more than one. And just in life, I feel like I've been pretty vocal about it. But I mean, it it depends on the definition of threesome because my 18th birthday was a little lit but I was also a virgin. So I'm just going to let that marinate for a bit. I say I have, but not the way that you'd think. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. (laughs) Um, Never have I ever gotten blackout drunk. I don't believe I have. But then, you know, the next day a friend will say something like, wow, and then we did this. Or do you remember when you said this? And I'll think back and be like, wow, I have no memory of that from last night but I don't feel like I was blackout drunk. Like I remember the night and then they'll tell me something and I'll have no memory of it. I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, you're like, girl, you've been blackout drunk. But I really, I've only had like one or two really, really messy drunk nights that caused me to be sober for a year after um, because I just was so like, wow, I'd never want to feel that way again. Um, So I'm going to say I have not. But then again, like, do you guys, do you remember if you were blackout drunk? Kind of sounds like an oxymoron there, but yes. Um, never have I ever messaged my boyfriend. Okay. This one actually was kind of funny. I read this when it came in a few days ago and I laughed. Um, never have I ever messaged my boyfriend on Facebook under a different name to see what happens. Girl, that is such a specific Never have I ever. I can only wonder what happened when you did this, but I have not. I've never even thought about doing this. It's kind of genius. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of like 
something I would do under certain circumstances. But then again, I also firmly believe that if you are intentionally looking for something, you're going to find it. So don't poke the bear, in my opinion, you know? Um, yeah, no, I have not done that. Never have I ever thrown up on someone while drunk. Nope. <laughs> Thank God. Thank the Lord. Um, and then I got the question, this isn't really like a never have I ever, but what is your biggest fear? I am such an anxious and like worrisome person that I have so many. It'd be really impossible to just narrow it down to my biggest. I've got like the, uh, like un not unreasonable, but like weird fears that really would probably never affect me in real life, like quicksand and like getting, I don't know, but then I say some of them and I'm like, that could happen. So I, mm, there's just anything and everything. If you, oh, you know what? My biggest fear is fish. It's my biggest phobia. I should have just said that. A live fish, dead fish, fish in a grocery store with its head and like eyes open and mouth open, covered in ice. Fish on a lake, like dead fish up on the shore. I was, I scream. I freak out. I was going kayaking with my family the other weekend and I was doing such a good job and not looking in the water thinking, wow, this is so peaceful. It's so calm. I love being out here in the middle of the lake kayaking. And then my brother pointed right next to my kayak paddle and said, whoa, look at that northern. And I kid you not, there was a huge, a huge motherfucker down there swimming right next to me. I screamed. I'm in the middle of the lake. I'm in the basically in the water in a kayak with this fish. And I was like, I want to leave. And I, I had to swim all the way back to, not swim. Oh my gosh. I had a kayak all the way back to shore, hopped right out, never got back in. So it is like a weird phobia that I've developed, but it's very serious. And I can't go down like the seafood aisle of grocery stores and look at fish. The weird thing is, I freaking love sushi and crab. Like, I could eat that all day if it's on a platter. But any other scenario with fish, I can't handle it. I will scream. I will cry. It will be the end of me. If anybody has a phobia, like, you understand the feeling, the fear, the pain <laughs> with that. Um, But those are all the ones that I think I'm going to answer on this podcast. So, thank you so much for those that sent in Never Have I Ever prompts and questions. That was fun. I actually got this as a request from someone in a YouTube comment. They said they really liked my podcast episode where I played Never Have I Ever and they wanted me to do it again. So, if you're listening, this was for you. I hope that you enjoyed, but I still have a lot of work to do tonight and I don't, I can't have it be like a, a late night. Usually like I'm totally fine pulling all-nighters or staying awake until four in the morning doing work, but my oven actually broke this last week. So I've been without a working oven for a few days. It's totally fine. I have an air fryer. I have fresh food. It's not the biggest inconvenience, but I'm getting a new stove delivered in the morning and the maintenance team at my apartment called me to say it will be like an, a morning delivery. And I don't know if that means 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or noon, but I'm going to get up at 8 because if I don't, they're just going to walk right into my apartment anyway, and I would rather not be asleep in bed, you know? So I'm going to get up at like 
7.38 tomorrow just in preparation for if a ton of, like, middle-aged men come into my apartment. I'd rather not be in my PJs with bed hair. <laughs> so, I am actually going to end the podcast a little shorter than usual, but just because of all of that, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, your week. Definitely follow me on Instagram and check in with the podcast Instagram, breaking up underscore podcast. Leave a five-star review. Follow me on whatever platform you're using so that you are always notified when a new podcast episode comes out. And I'll see you guys, or I guess you guys will hear me next week. Bye! If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.